Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Driven to Succeed Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host this week, Brett LaCoy, and here with me, I have Paul Anderson from the Paul Anderson Insurance Agency. Paul, thank you for being here. How's it going? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So, Paul, you, you do homeowners insurance, which is the big thing that we're here to talk about today. Yes, sir. We've got, uh, hopefully we've got some good uh, answers for your questions. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, Paul, I want to get to know you a little bit more, um, more so that our, so our audience can, can know you. How did you get started insur- in insurance? Uh, well, uh, graduated from college and uh, became a stockbroker and it was right uh, during the uh, 87 crash. So that didn't work out too well. And uh Ended up finding a job working for HEMAR, which was the Student Loan Collection Services. Worked there for a little bit and uh, was turned on to a job out at West Publishing, uh, which was selling law books to attorneys, which did for a couple years. And my father had been an insurance agent for a number of years in the past. And I thought to myself, you know, that's probably a good business to get into due to the residuals. And, and, and I understood that people don't really love insurance companies, but right. I, was, I was willing to take it on. So started uh, as a captive agent back in 91 and uh, still plugging along today. Uh, a few years back, we sold the captive agency and started an independent agency just to give us uh, more options and to be able to find uh, the best possible value for our customers. Sure. So not all insurance is created the same is what you're telling me here. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> uh, anybody that uh, has their name on a stadium or you recognize their jingle, uh, that is all coming out of your premium dollars. That is all coming out of your premium dollars and not going back to you when you might need it most. Absolutely, and reflected in the rates. You <laughs> know, there's a reason rates. why uh, they can afford all those commercials. Sure, sure. So I guess before we get, get into this, there's... Uh, there might be a couple uh, misconceptions here. So there's mortgage insurance, right? That yes, would sir. go that would go on onto a loan with less than twenty percent down, or you're with an FHA loan. That's not the insurance that you do. Correct. We do uh, coverage that's going to protect the dwelling, your personal property, any sort of personal liability exposures. It's all about the home itself and you and your personal liability. It has nothing to do with your mortgage or uh, anything else outside of that. Sure, okay, so it's all about protecting you, and I know this because we've done, you know, we've done business now for, you know, about a year and a half now. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're very good at bringing the customer in and not necessarily showing them, okay, here's the cheapest, here's, the, here's what you should just go with, because it's much more than that, and it's not a lot of, something that a lot of people think about. Um, can you kind of expound on on that? Like, Absolutely. So uh, we have uh, 20 carriers that we work with, yeah. and uh, the cheapest solution is not necessarily the best solution. There's a reason that it, it's the old adage, you get what you pay for. So if you're seeing a rate that's hundreds and hundreds less than the rest, and you purchase that, you know, your eyes, you know, if you have a claim, 
that's when you're going to get the uh, the surprise that hey, I didn't buy the best coverage. Whether it's they didn't offer replacement costs, they didn't offer matching, uh, or your deductible for hail and wind is a percentage of your coverage versus a flat deductible. So we want to educate our customers as well as uh, give them the best value. And if they want to go with the cheapest one after we've explained it, you know, that's their decision. But we want them to, you know, go in educated and not just say, give me the cheapest one, let's move on. Right. So let's actually talk about that because replacement coverage is something that comes up. It's been coming up more and more here lately. Um, you know, let's say it's a two, it's a valued house at around $250,000, $300,000 house. You know, what would be some of the variables that would go into that replacement cost, and this might be kind of a trick question. I'm not meaning it to be, but what? How much more does like replacement coverage cost? Like, is it really significant, or is it not it, really? It, it, well, the way insurance companies work is they have to insure it to replacement cost. Now, how they do that is they take into account labor, materials, and uh, you know the economy basically. So, when we plug in the information on the home, which is the square footage, the number of bathrooms, you know, does it have a deck, does it have this? I mean, we plug that all into a replacement cost formula, which gives us the amount that the insurance company wants to have for dwelling coverage, which is coverage A on a policy. Now, beyond that, the, the issues are, is costs are gonna go up, you know? And, and we've seen that, you know, right now it's crazy. And so what we always do is we offer an additional endorsement, which is not required, but it gives you 125% of coverage A, the dwelling amount that was determined by the replacement cost formula. And if you have a total loss to rebuild your home, there's just it's very unlikely that the numbers that we use to generate the cost or coverage A on the on the policy is going to be the same as replacement because you know sure. we're seeing like the cost of shingles or oriental strand board has gone up like four or five times during the covid period due to shortages so sure. we have to i mean it's our job to inform customers as to what the possibilities are in case of a total loss and is it rare absolutely but mm -hmm. You know, we want to make sure that they can rebuild their home to what it was today if they have a total loss. Sure. So, so if, I guess what I'm understanding there is like, say the house was valued at $275,000, the replacement cost is going to be higher than that. Uh, not necessarily. You know, market values and tax values are totally separate from insurance values. Okay. So we do not take the purchase price into account when determining replacement cost. Okay. I mean, because in certain neighborhoods or small towns, a home may be five hundred thousand to replace it, but the market value is two fifty. Sure. You know, so there's that giant gap, but the insurance companies want to insure it at replacement cost. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, so that's a and that's a pretty big thing. And we had been talking a little bit to um, earlier um, with uh, with another client, and it was like in regards to in regards to like roofs and what's been happening with the weather and what that's been doing to to to, to insurance uh, uh, premiums and rates and things like that. Sure, uh, the number one loss we see in Minnesota is hail. And uh, 
hail, you know, obviously takes out roofs like crazy. And what we're seeing with that is some people will not opt for matching coverage. And where matching coverage comes into play is so if only part of your roof is damaged and uh, the other part is not, well, shingles change colors like every couple years. So there's pretty unlikely that they can match that. So without the matching endorsement, your insurance is only going to replace half the roof, whether it matches or not. So you have to opt in for matching coverage, which is, there's additional premium involved, but you know, do you want half your roof to be brand new and the other to be 10 years old and for it to totally not match? And the same applies to vinyl siding. So the matching endorsement is very important. And unfortunately, a lot of people opt out of it because it's cheaper not to have it. It's cheaper not to have it. And is it significantly cheaper not to have it? Uh, I mean, in reality, it's probably a hundred bucks a year. Okay, know, so, so really not a not, not significant. Correct. No. So when so when it comes to that, because you don't you don't want to have you don't want to have two colors on your roof or well, siding's even worse. You know, because sure. it gets beat down by the sun. There's no way a twenty year old piece of siding that the colors even available and anything that's modern. There's no way it's going to match. So my neighbor does not have matching coverage, and he had some hail loss, and one side of his house is a different color. Sure. And that will even matter, too. I, I bring this up to my dad right now. I grew up in a log home, right? My dad is out there staining the south the south wall again. Nice. After, and I'm like, I've done that like five times, you know, right. growing up. But it also matters, too, like, you know, do you get a lot of sun? Because that's going to bleach it out, too. Absolutely. You know, so there's there's definitely a lot more to insurance than just, hey, get me a quote. Exactly. You know, and, and I realize today I have some customers that they're like, don't call me, don't email me, text me. Well, you know, it, it's hard to get them all the details via text. Right. So we try drive them towards just a short conversation, mm-hmm. you know, versus, you know, I'm too busy. I'll e-sign it and let's go. Well, you know, if something ever happens on that, they're going to say, why wasn't this brought to my attention? And that's why we like to talk to everybody. Sure, absolutely. So it's, and and there's a bunch of different kinds of insurance out there too, besides the homeowner's insurance that you do. In fact, I think I remember one of our very first opening conversations, I, I asked you, so if I had a pet rock in my backyard, you could insure that for me. And you said that that would be pretty easy. A 150-pound uh, Rottweiler, though, might be a little bit harder. <laughs> well, uh, insurance carriers are very concerned about dog breeds now. And, and it's not necessarily that it's bad dogs. It's mostly bad owners. And right. uh, I'm a dog trainer guy. We run agility with our dogs. So we've spent years getting our dog to be what it is. But... There's too many of certain breeds that insurance companies, if that's even a question on the app, if you own a certain breed, ineligible. So that's going to rule out a lot of the preferred carriers. And, you know, people have the right to own whatever breed they want, but it also, you know, can unfortunately push them towards a company that might be more expensive because they allow any breed or that breed specifically. Sure. Okay. Interesting. So I didn't, I didn't actually know that dog breeds could actually impact your 
homeowner's insurance or is Absolutely. that? Absolutely. No a, kidding. Very common claim. And I mean, we hear it in the news that dog attacked its owner. And there was one in Hastings recently. Oh, no kidding. Where it attacked the kid and the mother got it released off the kid and then attacked the mother. And the police were called and they had to actually shoot the dog right there. Oh, my God. And isn't Hastings where you live? Yeah, Hastings is where I live. Yeah, that was like a month ago. <laughs> oh, I didn't even hear about that. Huh. So, and then because of that, the, their their insurance would have gone up then? or Well, could they been... in that scenario, it, it more proves that dogs can be dangerous, but you can't really file a claim against your own insurance. But if it would have happened to their neighbor's kid or a neighbor or the postman it all that all trickles back to personal liability so if your dog does something that's not good it comes back to your personal liability insurance on your homeowners and if you have a dog claim uh, that's a pretty it's a black dot on your record and you know most insurance companies are going to shy away unless the dog is no longer you know if it's been euthanized or it's no longer on on site Sure. So let's let's actually swing back to that. So people actually keep a record on me whenever I file a claim? Absolutely. Or, so it's, There's like an insurance credit score. It's called an insurance score, and it's based off of what's called a clue report. And so every claim, even if there's a zero payout shows, windshield on your car, uh, you had somebody out because you thought you had hail damage and they determined that you didn't, that's not going to increase your rates, but it kind of gets you one step closer to where they could possibly non-renew you if you had another claim. And just the more activity you have involving the insurance company and adjusters, the less likely that uh, a preferred carrier is going to offer you their best rate. No kidding. And this and this is just something that gets the. There's a third-party company that collects all this information, and then whenever you guys get ready to bring somebody on, you run it through them and they say, hey, this person's Absolutely. This, this, just this, like that. a Carfax, just, just like your credit file. You know, no it's just kind kidding. of a different direction. Does it trigger a, uh, a hard look on your credit file? No, but right. it does take into account, it shows us a soft hit in some cases, but they take into account your credit, loss history, you know, neighborhood, all that goes into a black box so to say and sure. then it spits out a rate based on you know what the company's priorities are okay so what are some things that um that everyday people can kind of like you know they can take steps to make sure that hey you know what I, my record i want it to be as spotless as possible sure a pipe breaks or something like that i have to file a claim but you know i want to make sure that they're not you know, recording all this other stuff against me that I don't even know that they're doing that. Well, the, the best thing is call your insurance guy. <laughs> call your insurance guy. You know, and if you have 1-800-GEICO, well, uh, you're going <laughs> to get just somebody in a cube, probably maybe India, you yeah. know, maybe Texas, wherever. And they're not, they'll just say, okay, let's file a claim. And what we do, and for roofing is our biggest issue, uh, I have a roofing company that re-roofed my house when we had a hail claim, but they go out and do free inspections. And, it, it, and it's not the storm chaser guy on TV that says, call us today, we'll be out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. My guy is, you know, he's conservative and he gets on your roof and if you want, he'll bring you up there 
and show you, you know, where the damage is. And with the hail claim, you need X number of hits in a 10 by 10 square. Well, he's going to go up there and look. And if they can't find it, he's going to say, you shouldn't file a claim because it most likely will get denied. Okay. So, you know, so we want them to go in informed, you know, yeah. and I'd say 60% of my customers that think they have hail damage, once they've had it inspected by somebody other than the insurance company, they decide not to proceed with a claim. Right. So there's, so there's definite, um, there's definite benefits to going with somebody that you can sit down and talk with as opposed to, you know, well, it, it comes down to uh, being your own agent or having somebody having an agent. So if you under, understand insurance, being your own agent, go for it. If you don't and you're doing a name your price, mm-hmm. well, you know, that, that decision is based on dollars only. Right. You know, so you need an advisor, you right. know, and that's what we do. And we're old school. We still answer our phone answer our emails every day we answer text messages as you know as quickly as possible but you know we're there as a resource you know we want to be able to shed light on any scenario just to you know make sure that you're making an educated decision moving forward right right so it would definitely be it would definitely be before you go and you file a claim with your insurance company talk to your insurance Rep, the person that signed you up. Absolutely. Unless there's a tree laying on your roof, well, then it's pretty clear cut. Right. You know, but if it's like, hey, the guy down the street got a hail roof, I want one too. Those are the ones that, uh, you know, hail can, depending on trees and directions, uh, hail might, you know, toast somebody's roof over here, but three houses down, nothing. You know, so we want you to know that you've got a valid claim before you actually, you know, call up and say, get an adjuster out here to look. Before getting an adjuster out there to look. Once you get the adjuster out there, that's when all the little marks can start. The doors open on the claim because uh-huh. they've got all the background costs, paperwork, processing, getting the adjuster out there. So even if there's a zero payout, they've got a lot of money invested in that particular claim. So, you know, it's you know activity right it's going to be because they have to you know we have insurance for a reason um but insurance companies are still a for-profit company and right they're going to try and recoup as much profit as possible absolutely um so would you say if the same same scenario kind of um would it even go towards your car like absolutely oh yeah absolutely okay yes. okay because a lot of us own cars like you know if uh if uh, I got into, I don't know, like a, like a fender bender or something like that, but, you know, I take a look at it and I could, I think I could maybe get it out with some Bondo, you know, should I just try to Bondo it or should well, I talk uh, to you first? You know, I, well, I'd say, you know, call your insurance guy and if there's an at fault scenario where you've damaged another car, mm-hmm. well, then that's a different situation. But say you hit a sign and put a little scratch in the side of your car. Well, you know, before you file a claim, talk to your guy and it's like, okay, it's 1100 bucks to fix it. I've got a $1,000 deductible. Should I turn it in? No. Right. You know, for 100 bucks? No, don't turn it in. You know, save it for when something horrible happens. Right. So it's so insurance should not be used as a like, oh, this is broken. I'll just have insurance fix it. Absolutely. Right. It, it, it's not a maintenance policy. 
Right. You know, it's for is sudden. There su- is there su- such a thing as a maintenance policy? Well, that'd be your <laughs> warranty. Okay. You know, if you buy the extended warranty on your car. But, uh, no, homeowners is for sudden and accidental losses. Not that, you know, my roof's old, I want a new one, or my carpet's worn out, I should get new insur- new carpet off of my policy. Mm-hmm. And I had somebody try to do that, and, of course, it was denied. And he called me first. And I told him, that's not going to be covered. But, you know, he was a uh, engineer, so he knew better. Right. So sure. he called it in and denied. And denied. Right. No kidding. Huh. So what are so, – so we're talking about – so that's, I feel like, is a big gotcha moment is if you go straight straight past you, you know, to your, straight past your insurance guy to the company and say, I need an adjuster out here, that could be a gotcha moment. Talk to you first absolutely Talk to your guy first what are some other kind of like gotcha moments that uh let's first time home buyers specifically well here's here's one that is uh a huge issue and where i live in edina it's really a huge issue is uh, some of the older uh utilities that are owned by the city they've had a number of sewer backups mm-hmm. and uh a standard homeowners excludes any sort of gray water coming up from the floor drain. Now, you can buy an endorsement, which I try sell to everyone, that covers you know sewer and drain backup coverage, but people opt out of it, and so if you have this come in, it, it's not an easy cleanup, it, it's gray water. I mean, it, it's sewer. Right. And it, it, it's thousands to clean, and if your lower level's finished, all your carpet's gonna be gone, uh, and that's one of the coverages that most people like. And even if you have a sump pump, well, if the power goes out and your backup battery's not working, you're going to have the same problem. And that could be tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars to uh, fix oh, out of pocket. It, uh, yes. And most people, you know, don't have that sort of money. And, uh, you know, it's not healthy to stay in the home you no. know, after that happens. So, like, in a situation like that, would insurance, you do file the claim. Totally, totally granted, you know, will they like generally put you up in a hotel or something like that? that? You can have, I mean, that could trigger a loss of use claim because of uh, the vapors and fumes from the gray water. And in that scenario, there is coverage for loss of use, which would pay for your hotel, motel, dining, laundry, whatever you have to do away from the premises until it's put back into a livable condition. Okay. Wow, this is a lot of really good information. <laughs> this is a lot of really good information. And this is where, you know, you kind of come in because you do, you said you have about 15 different carriers. Yeah. About yeah. 15 different carriers. So you get to talk to all the folks that might not be, you know, that you see on TV. Um, but they're going to do just as good of a job, if not better. Some of the companies that we work with have been around over 100 years a plus rated they just their names aren't familiar and uh you know they have a plus claim service uh they're known for that but you just don't recognize their names because that's their focus more on getting people the best value and the best claim service versus you know here's our stadium or you know We've all seen the commercials, you know, and if you watch sports, you've seen them way too many times. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just the companies, most of the companies we represent do not spend money on marketing. You know, that's just not, 
you know, that's just not their uh, their goal as a company to be known for having a stadium or whatever sure. the case is. Well, they'd rather have folks like you go out and spread the word. That's that's right. kind of, that's what you, you know, do. Happy customers, you know, that's the goal. That's the goal. Well, Paul, this has been fantastic. We're actually coming up on time here. Um, we'll have your phone number, your email address. We'll be posting that here at the end of the episode. Um, do you prefer email, phone call, text message, if someone wanted to get a hold of you? Whatever works best for the customer, we're willing to, you know, use what, whatever sort of, of contact that they're most comfortable with. Okay, perfect. Do you have anything else that you want to add that you didn't feel like we got out here? Uh, I'd, you know... I'd say, uh, well, read your policy, but nobody will do that. So, uh, and, and that's why I have an agent for them to decipher it. But, uh, I mean, ultimately, you know, find somebody that you trust and their rates might be a little bit more than the guy, you know, the 1-800 number on uh, TV, but you're getting the expertise of an advisor versus being your own agent. Awesome. Those, I think, are really good words to end on. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Go ahead and hit that little like button, subscribe. Um, let us know if you have any questions for Paul here. Or give him a call, send him a text, email him. Um, he'd be happy to have, answer your questions. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.